Father, Heavenly Father, lift you up, magnify you, you. We just thank and praise you for your wisdom and your insight. We thank and praise you for your presence behind us. We decrease that you may increase. All of what you want communicated today and none of us, in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. 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 All right, I was just checking, <clears throat> checking sound. All right, well, uh, good evening. Welcome to our midweek service uh, where we've been talking from the topic of proving. Um, we opened up just talking about even the scripture talks about appointing deacon, deacons. They should first be proven in 1 Timothy 3.10. And then we also talked about um, to open this whole teaching up about six weeks ago how the Lord, when he takes you through a wilderness, he allows you to go through the wilderness to humble you, to prove you. And Scripture says, so you would know what's in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Um, a lot of times we believe, you know, Lord, if you bless me, if you do these things to me, could you turn me up a little bit, please? If you bless me, if you uh, do these particular things for me, that'd be fine. Um... Uh, I'll, you know, if you bless me, I'll do this and I'll do that. But God knows our hearts and he tries to make sure he equips us so we can handle um, some things. So, so he allows us to go through tests. Um, and hopefully we, uh, we learn from the tests. I was, uh, I was at a doctor's office and uh, uh, we were sitting in there consulting with her. And she had a, uh, a plaque and it said... Uh, I either win or learn. It didn't say win or lose. It said I either win or learn. And hopefully uh, we're learning. Um, hopefully we're, we're, we're not, um, uh, you know, when we go through uh, certain shifts, hopefully we're not taking the shifts as um, losing, but an opportunity uh, to learn, an opportunity to learn. I right, so with that in mind, today we're going to talk about the misunderstanding test. We're going to talk about the misunderstanding test. Now, the interesting, hey, could you close that door? Thank you. All right, so, so the thing about uh, this particular test, this test called the misunderstanding test, this test occurs when those hearing a leader or hearing us uh, do not receive or reject the correct meaning he or she is trying to communicate. People may interpret, uh, misinterpret or mistake the true significance of uh, his or her actions, words, attitudes, and motives. So during the, mis, uh, the misunderstanding test, this occurs when those hearing us do not receive or reject the correct meaning we are trying to communicate. Uh, people may misinterpret or mistake the true significance of our actions, words, attitudes, or motives. Motives. When this happens, we're in the misunderstanding test. All right, it causes a leader, what happens during this misunderstanding test it causes us to look for new and better ways of bringing across our feelings. If when we go through this test, it causes us to look for new and better ways 
to bring across our feelings. A lot of times when we're misunderstood, we pout or we go, people are tripping, but it's an opportunity for us to dig deeper into our relationship with the Lord and come up with different ways to communicate outside of maybe our normal flow. You know, sometimes we can, we can uh, uh, come up with these thoughts which won't help us to pass the test. It's just the way I am. Well, if you're just going to live by yourself, then stay that way. But if you're going to have to navigate and communicate and integrate with others, we have to understand different ways of communicating. One of the things we talk about in uh, relationship boot camp, but in marriage, premarital marriage counseling, we talk, about, when we talk about communication. We talk about having catchable language, you know, making it catchable. And I always use the scenario of uh, playing point guard. And when I got to uh, college, you know, in high, when we was coming up in, in New Jersey, it was, it was kind of, if you want to call it sweet, to throw a pass through five people. So I would be throwing these rifle passes, and if it hit you in your hands, I would get I would frown. Like, man, you should have caught that, man. You know, I'm going up and down the court, and the coach pulled me to the side. He said, Keith, it's your job to make the pass catchable. And so, what he, so, so he made that one statement, and I started to process different. I said, well, wait a minute. This guy don't have good hands. I said, so I can't just throw him a rifle pass. So what I would do is I would penetrate all the way to the basket, wait to the last minute, and drop it in his hands. So all he had to do is he didn't have to think. All he had to do was make a layup. I said, this guy right here, he has great hands. I could throw it to him any type of way, right? And, and, and so the Lord said, well, you got to communicate to people the same way. You know, do, do you want to be absorbed or do you want to be right? So you could be right, but no one's receiving nothing you're saying, right? Because you haven't made it catchable. So let's look here. That's, that, that's something the Lord had gave me to communicate through relationships and, and learn myself also. Um, but I actually, uh, uh, the Lord showed me this scripture, James chapter 3, verse 17. James chapter 3, verse 17. That's how we can determine if it's just how we articulate and if it's coming from God. All right, it says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated. That means easy to be absorbed. Look, it says, full of mercy and good fruits, fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, faith, goodness, gentleness, meekness, temperance, Right? It says, without partiality. So sometimes we have an angle or it's a bent, but wisdom doesn't have, is, is impartial, right? It says, without hypocrisy. I'm not telling somebody something that to do something I'm not doing, or I'm not expecting people to do things I don't do. See, so sometimes we're, we, we have an expectation that we don't live out ourselves. So... Uh, your credibility is shot right away. No one's going to receive from you. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, your package is uh, tainted, right? No one's going to receive from a tainted package. You, know, you can have people under you at your job, and if you're not consistent, if you're not diligent, if you're not disciplined, if you're not focused, if you're not excellent, and you're expecting them to be diligent, disciplined, focused, and excellent, that's the only way they're going to achieve their goals, right? So, so when you communicate... What's, what's, what's tainting your ability for them to receive and to apply is you're, you're communicating from a spirit of hypocrisy. And then sometimes you say, no, on the job, I'm on it. 
Yeah, no, 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 no. How you are in your life is what comes out of your mouth, not just how you are at the job. So you confronted the job, but you could be a hypocrite in your life. Well, that's, what's, that's the voice that's being communicated. And so, again, you're going to be misunderstood. But if you go to a deeper way of finding a package, the Lord will tell you where you're a hypocrite. He'll tell you where there's no mercy in your language, where there's hypocrisy in your language. He'll tell you when it's not packaged peaceable, and it's definitely not packaged where it could be catchable. I know he told me, so. Um, uh, told me personally, and he told me to other people. Uh, hurt, but it was the truth, right? So I had to, you know, uh, the reality is I had to make some adjustments, right? Because my thought was it's the truth. As long as it's the truth, now I give you the truth and walk away from you. You could be bleeding all over the place. I wouldn't even know because I was confident that it was the truth. And then I had to be arrested that it's not just about uh, my truth and me being right. It's about me packaging where people can receive. And I don't have to destroy a person for them to receive it. So it causes, um, uh, it causes uh, them uh, to examine uh, their bad attitudes and motivations and communication. Many people will misunderstand what a leader is trying to say because the communicator has an attitude that is too harsh, hard, or angry when they try to say it, right? And so, so as much as you believe you're justified, people can't receive from that package, okay? Now, I always give the, uh, the example of uh, one time, uh, you know, my son was back in high school. He didn't want to go to a, uh, no, he wanted to go to this game, but I didn't like the environment. So, you know, this was going to be my first situation where I had to tell him something that opposite of what he wanted to do. And so I spent the whole day at the job. You know, I'm the man in the house. You know, I'm telling them. I'm telling them. I'm all worked up. I'll tell you what. I'm telling them. I'm going through all this. I'm at the job. I'm not even, I hadn't even talked to him yet. So by the time I opened my mouth to talk to him, I said you wasn't going, but it probably came across so aggressive. Then I walked away, and the Holy Spirit was like, what was that? I said, well, you know, I told him, you know, I put my foot down. He's not going to go to this ungodly thing. He said, he didn't hear you. I said, well, yes, he did. I told him the truth. He said, no, he didn't hear you. You just scared him. I said, huh? And the Lord showed me a video. He said, so you're running at him as fast as you can with a shield and a sword. In your head, you're going, when I get there, I'm going to put the shield and the sword to the side, and I'm going to, you know, give him some good information. What do you think he's thinking? <laughs> oh, my God, I'm going to run. But that's how my package was, like I was running at him with a shield and a sword. Even though I knew I was going to give him some good wisdom, I intimidated him before I even got to him, right? So I had to adjust that package. So uh, a leader, a person, or an individual must trust the ministry of the Holy Spirit to quicken the truth of what we are trying to communicate. We must trust the Holy Spirit to quicken that truth. So, so make it alive enough where it can be absorbed and it's packaged right with the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, this test is especially humbling um, to uh, leaders because it involves those who are very dear and close to us. So a lot of times, uh, most of the misunderstanding tests happen through people that are close to you. Most of, because, you know, especially if you're uh, married or anything like that, you, people within your force field. If you have siblings, there are people that they, they, they're grandfathered in as they're never going nowhere for the rest of your life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so those are the people that uh, normally 
you go through a lot more, um, you deal with a lot of misunderstanding tests too. And they can catch you off guard, you know what I'm saying? They, because you, there's so many reps of exchange, you know what I'm saying? For So people would have to really be setting themselves apart and sanctified to, to stay in the right package all the time. And, and a lot of people just, you know, kind of lazy in their time with the Lord anyway, but they don't realize it's going to affect their expressions. So they may feel good in that moment, but they're going to destroy somebody else's feel good because they didn't sanctify themselves. So, so let's talk about some keys to passing this misunderstanding test. Some keys to passing the misunderstanding test. So number one, um, which is not popular uh, in a lot of lives, but it's popular in the kingdom, make no defense. Make no defense, right? Uh, Kenneth Hagin said, uh, don't answer your critics, right? All right, so, so let's look here. Let's look at Scripture as, as we kind of walk through this first one, which I know is interesting because, you know, we live a life. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. No, that, it's almost like soon as somebody come at you, you feel you have a right to snap back. Not in the kingdom, you don't. Know? All right, so First uh, Peter 2, 19. First Peter 2, 19. It says, for this is thank, thanksworthy, thankworthy, if a man for conscious towards God, now this is key, conscious towards God, endure grief, suffering wrongfully. So this is, this is, this is an appreciation towards God, right? Uh, verse 20, it says, for what glory is it if when ye be buffeted or checked for your faults, you take it patiently? You wrong. You should take the check patiently because you wrong, right? It says, but if when ye do well, you suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. This is acceptable with God. If you're doing right and you're still checked unfairly and you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. And we'll, you know, um, it'll make a lot more sense if we have time today, get to the next test, the character test. Uh, we're going to get more detail on. I know we talked about it just a little bit before. And see, so David understood this um, in Psalms, uh, Psalm 27. Let's go over there. Psalm 27. Well, because I like it, I'm going to see. Let's see where I can do this. It might take too much time. But uh, we're going to focus on verse 13, but for, uh, 13 is kind of a result, 13 or 14 is kind of a result of what he was processing through here. Uh, verse 1, the Lord is my light my, and, and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Like, so he know people are coming at him, but he's not worried about them. He's not, he doesn't feel that he has to defend himself, Right? Uh, verse 5, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me upon, upon a rock. And now shall my head be lifted above my enemies round about me. Therefore, I will offer in, the tabernacle, in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing. Yeah, I will sing praise unto the Lord. Now, he's talking about people coming at him. He's in the presence of God singing praises. Right? If, 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 if we go... And it talks about them coming at him one way, fleeing in other ways. But go down to verse 13. He says, I'd have fainted. I would have given up 
right? Unless I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So we're saying I would have, it would have been easy for me to be broken down with people coming at me, trying to sabotage me, trying to misunderstand me, right? Uh, trying to manipulate, trying to operate in that, that Jezebel spirit. It would have been easy for me to give up, but I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. See, so when you're passing, when you're going through this test, you make no defense. You're trusting God will cover you and he will, uh, again, he'll make sure you're not ashamed. Vindication, defense, or whatever reaction there may be should come from God, not from man. It should come from God, not from man. Look at uh, Romans 12. Let's go to Romans 12. And again, uh, because uh, we've been, we talked about the manipulation test last week. Now, somebody's going to take this and, and flip it, you know, and, and almost like, you, you should treat me this way. No, this is talking about how we should operate. You know what I'm saying? But somebody's going to flip it, you know, like flip it, you know. <laughs> hey, you shouldn't defend yourself when I'm coming at you crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That, that's... <laughs> People take everything and try to flip it. But let's look at Romans 12, uh, verse 19. Again, we're talking about one of the keys to passing the the manipulation test is make no defense. Uh, Romans 12, 19, it says, Dearly beloved, it says, Avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, and I will repay, saith the Lord. Right? So it, just, it says right there, right? Avenge not yourselves, right? But give place to wrath. Let wrath work, uh, play itself out, right? But don't get pulled, in, pulled out of the presence of God. Psalm 135, 14, the NIV version says, for the Lord will vindicate his people, right? The Lord will vindicate his people, right? Uh, Psalm 135, 14, NIV, Right? See, so, so this is interesting because I was thinking through Genesis 29, verses 7 through 9. You could read it when you have time. But Joseph, Joseph was accused, envied, persecuted, rejected, and he didn't sin against God. He didn't have the wrong thoughts or nothing. Matter of fact, when, it, when Potiphar's wife tried to get him to uh, compromise, he says, man, I can't sin against heaven. He's like, you kidding? He didn't even say I couldn't sin against my master. He was like, I can't sin against heaven. And so, so she set him up. She, she snatched a piece of his clothes and said, he raped me. Now, we'd be up in arms. We'd probably get uh, uh, all the top lawyers in the country. This dude goes to jail. And he ain't wrong. Right? Even before that, the reason he became a slave is because his brothers played him. He just served as a slave. Even though, keeping it real, he's one of the children of Israel. He's the king's kid. He served as a slave. How many of us would have served as a slave? The whole time, we'd be like, man, ain't nobody doing nothing for you. I shouldn't even be here. Do you know what my dad got? You know, instead of doing that, he just was the best. He was the top guy. Top where he's in the guy's house. Then he gets played by the wife and gets, gets locked in the prison. He could have flipped in prison, but he rose to the top in prison. Every time they threw dirt on him, he shook it off and stepped on top of it. And they threw more dirt on him, he shook it off and stepped on top of him. You know, that's the story of how the donkey got out the ditch. Instead of, oh, they throwing dirt on me. He shook it off and stepped on top of it, right? He understood that God would take care of me. I don't care, I don't care how this looks. And, of course, he ends up being prime minister over Egypt. 
So this is going to be interesting to, to, to process through because he who vindicates himself does not know God. He who vindicates himself does not know God. They don't, does not have an intimate relationship with God. They may talk about God, may show up at church and mention God, may even read a couple scriptures of God, but the person that's operating and constantly vindicating themselves, they don't have an intimate relationship with God. See, because they would know, Romans 10, 11, it says, whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. So a person that really believes God and is really connected with God, they don't have to worry about being ashamed. That's where all our antsiness is coming from. All our getting out ahead of God is coming from. Because we worried about, you know, next time we go to the class reunion or see somebody we know, uh, will we be able to tell them we're special because of the position we're in? As opposed to just letting it play itself out. During the process, are you telling people the position you're in during the process? Or are you hiding your stages and only telling people your highlights. Well, how are they going to grow through? How are they going to grow through it if you don't tell them the, 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 the stage? I remember when we first came out here because it, was, uh, it was, uh, wasn't a favorable way it played out at the other church. I'll put it that way. And so, so I knew people was calling almost like to see, okay, it's, it's, did you guys... Believed you heard from God. How's it, how's it working for you now? But I wasn't just telling them highlights. Matter of fact, most of the time I didn't even tell them the highlights. I was telling them, oh, yeah, we just had uh, three people leave the church. Uh, we just had uh, 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 people on a, a, how can I put this? Well, I, have to, I can say it the only way it happened. We just had people, it was people on a team, particular team. So two people left, but their whole thing was they, they, when we talked about that spirit, they got in other people's heads, and they followed them. So it was like, what, like eight, eight folk. We ain't had that many. I don't know. Did we have 50 people at the time? I don't even know we had 50, right? So when somebody called, I said, yeah, we just had about eight folk leave, you know, because that's the truth. You know, I was, I, 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 my wife said I'm too honest, but I, you know, she said, you ain't got to tell them that. You know, I just tell people, I, I told people salaries, all types of stuff, but as we grow, people see the reality. They, they don't just see the finished product. They see, well, I remember you was at this stage. I remember you was at this stage. I remember you told me this and you told me that. And you're at this stage now, so they see the whole picture, right? Right? We're reading the stories of, what, of, of the details of what happened in people's lives, the good and the bad. We read the story of Joseph in jail, a slave. Suppose he leave that out. We just read the part when he's, he's, he was the son of, of uh, Jacob, and then now he's prime minister. You know what we'll say? What a lot of people say now. Man, man can't nobody do that, man. That's just Joseph, man. He was special. <laughs> right? But when you see what everybody goes through, and Paul broke it down. He says, the thing that I want to do, I find things that I don't, the things that I want to, the things I want to do, I find myself not doing. The things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Oh, wretched man I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? So he was talking about the process. Jesus in the garden was showing, hey, there's a point in the flesh where you don't want to go any further. This is how you deal with that. Nevertheless, not my will, thy will be done. Right? It says he was touched on all points. Right? We saw him get beat up. How would how that play out in 2021? Man, Messiah, he just got beat down. Man, that dude ain't no Messiah. 
Right? That's how, that's how we would play it, right? But he was willing to go through that even though he was representing the Messiah. Right? He showed you all sides, right? The scripture says, let's go uh, Isaiah 53. Again, key to passing this test is make no defense. Right? Some of us live the safe face. Uh, uh, oh, look, we got, we got safe face on auto dial. <laughs> Every time we see a situation, ah, I got safe face. I don't want nobody to think. Right? Yeah, that person doesn't know God. Intimate relationship with God. I didn't say no names, did I? Right? But we know who we are. All right, so where was uh, Isaiah 53? That's where I was going, Isaiah 53. Look, look, verse 7. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to slaughter, as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. That's Christ. But we crucify with Christ, and that should be in us too, right? I got Got a couple of amens there. <laughs> see, 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 look, oh, Philippians 2. Philippians 2. Again, we're talking about the misunderstanding test, and we're talking about how to navigate through it. And we think navig- how to navigate through it is make sure we bust the other person out, or we prove that they catch the person in a lie. No, it's let it play itself out. What's in the dark always comes to light. I said, I told y'all the other day, there's been people manipulating, doing all types of stuff. We just let it play out. The Bible says, let the tares grow with the wheat. And people be watching, going, what kind of pastor are you, you going to let them get away with that? God is not mocked whatsoever man sowed, sowed, that's what he reaped. Uh, hey, hey, I, I hear you, you ain't saying that to God, are you? What kind of God is that? Why is he letting that happen? Because God understands the system. One, I'm going to give him an opportunity to repent, slow in my shadow of turning, right? Uh, the scripture says this is in Deuteronomy 7. I don't know exactly the, the verse because I was look. I, I turned my Bible to Deuteronomy 8 and I was just sitting here and it just showed my face. He says, I'm going to remove them bit by bit. He says, not all at once. He says, lest the beasts of the field overtake you. So what he's saying is, if I just take everybody out right away, like some, because of their proximity, some of the beasts of the field are at bay. You know, they're kind of intimidated because the place is populated. So if I take them all out, all, all out and create barren land, the beasts of the field will overtake you guys. Well, if I, if I do it bit by bit, you will be growing and expanding as I'm removing, purging bit by bit. And eventually, as you flourish, you won't have to worry about the beast. You see what I'm saying? So I'm doing it bit by bit, but we want, he said, take them out, remove them all as one. He said, let the tares grow with the wheat. He said, if you, if you snatch them out at the, at the too early, it's going to harm, it was saying that the tares will, will harm the wheat. It's saying, if you snatch people out too soon, they'll, they'll hurt the other person because they'll rip the other person apart because they, they set it up where they're connected, even though they're cancer, but they're connected. So you'll rip them out also, so you got to let it play itself out. And when the harvest time comes, when God's season of harvest coming, and it's coming, it's like if you, if you can't, if you're spending any time in prayer, you can sense it's coming. Well, during that time, you'll be surprised who's going to fall off, right? 
but it's not going to damage those that are in proximity with God. Right? <laughs> All right, so Philippians 2, verse 14. It says, do how many things? All things without murmuring and disputing. Right? Without complaining. Right? That's, that's not just complaining in public. That's leaving the environment and going off to yourself and complaining and complaining to somebody else. That would, that would count too. You know, the scripture says, how did they find out? It says, well, a little bird heard you and went back and told the king. Well, guess what? A little bird heard you and went back and told the pastor. <laughs> Just because I don't react don't mean I don't know. Right? You okay? Was that, was that, is there one? Did <laughs> you get nervous back there, brother? <laughs> All right, look. Uh, so Isaiah 50. Let's go to Isaiah 50, verses uh, 6 and 7. Isaiah 50, verses 6 and 7. Look, it says, I gave my back to the smiters. And my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. <laughs> right? It says, for the Lord God will help me. Therefore, I will not be confounded. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint. And I know that I shall not be ashamed. So he says, I, hey, kick, spit, talk about me. Try to sabotage me. I'm with God. <laughs> I will not be ashamed. It's, it's, uh, you go on further here in about another 10 chapters, it says that you, receive, you shall receive double for your shame. <laughs> right? So, it's, it's, again, when you know God, you don't have to keep reacting. The Scripture says, fear not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Exodus 14, 13, and 14. When you know God, you can be still in his presence. But see, if you don't have a relationship with God or you don't know God, you, don't, you, don't, you ain't going to be still because you're not in his presence. When you're with the adversary, you're not going to be still. Right? All right. See, that's making everybody excited. So Matthew 15, right? Matthew 15. And again, we always talk about this. These are targets. And, and I will say this. You don't have to act like you know it already. You don't have to receive it with gladness. You just have to absorb it and set it as a target, right? Like that, like, and when I say receive with gladness, that's Mark chapter 4. That's intercepting it so it doesn't penetrate. Let it penetrate. Let it hurt a little bit. And then set a target and say, see, every time you feel something that you don't believe you can do, that's not your opportunity to say, I'm, I'm never going to be able to do that. So I'm going to come up with a justification why I shouldn't even have to be required, that that shouldn't be required of me. No, anything that's challenging you that you can't never do, that's a demand on God. Apart from him, you can do nothing, right? So, yeah, no, none of us can do it without God, right? If you don't have an intimate relationship with God, of course you can't do it. Of course you don't think you can do it. Of course you don't believe you can do it. Of course you want to excuse the responsibility of doing it, right? Because you don't have a relationship with God. I didn't say no names, but it's true. Guess what? You can always get a relationship with God, right? Like, it's not over, <laughs> When he trying to say I don't have a relationship with God. I don't know if he's trying to say it or anybody trying to say it, but if you react like that, you probably don't have a relationship with God, 
right? And if you don't, guess what? It ain't over. It's not like, dog, they done ran out of relationships with God. They done sold out at the store. No, no, you can start having a relationship with God as soon as you recognize you don't, right? You can begin where you are, right? All right. Don't fight. Yield. Yield. Okay, so, so Matthew 15, this is, this is uh, let's see, where am I at here? Matthew 15, no, 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 thank you for your assistance, but we're going into uh, verse 26 is what we're going to highlight. And, well, I'm going to start with verse 21, though. It says, And then Jesus went thence and departed to the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy, we talked about mercy, on me, O Lord, thou son of David, my daughter, is grievously vexed with the devil. Uh, but he answered her not a word. See, see, y'all trip if you don't get a response right away. The Jesus didn't respond right away. Listen, I got this in good authority. I'm flowing with the king, right? He said, but he answered her not a word. And I said, he ain't even answered me. Yeah, because you, you, you just don't be reacting to situations, right? And his disciple, see, see, this is the thing. In the kingdom, it's an emergency to you. That's not the mean it's an emergency. Right? And, and, and so but he, he answered not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, send her away, for she cried after us. Because now they're, they're processing, she's not even of our crew. She, she, don't, she ain't living right. She's not, she doesn't, she's not operating in the standard. She's not one of us. She sent her away, man. But they waited till he didn't respond. And then verse 24, he answered and said, I am not sent. Excuse me. <coughs> ah, thank you. I am not sent, excuse me, I'm sorry. He says, I am not sent, but of the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So not only did they say send her away, he didn't respond. Then he told her, like, I'm not sent to you. I'm sent to the house of Israel. Now, as soon as somebody says, you ain't ready for this right now, how are you going to respond? What you trying to say? See, some of us, Jump to what you're trying to say as opposed to recognizing I need to make an adjustment. Adjustment is never first. Defending someone talking about our reality. Right? That's what our first response is because we live in fantasy when you come around the kingdom of God. Reality is all that's discussed. But, but you train yourself to be in your own reality. And when somebody talks your own fantasy, when somebody talks reality, you, you get defensive. Because now you got to face the truth and change. But you've already come up with a plan and you galvanize other people around you in their weakness to excuse stepping up. Right? And so now when you hear the truth, you go, what you trying to say? And the person never even said your name. So you just told on yourself. Right? Or you go and leave and go talk to somebody else. Hey, well, some of y'all need to do if y'all really true friends. You just say, are you telling on yourself right now? Because he didn't say no names. So obviously you feel it's you. So this would be a good opportunity for you to change, don't you think? How many times do you respond that way? As opposed to good, I was feeling the same way. Let's just pump up compromise so we both feel better. Right? 
I don't know. That's not in my, all this stuff is not my notes. I didn't have none of this planned, so don't get mad. Talk to, it's the Holy Ghost, right? I said, look, he said, basically, I'm not sent to you, right? Verse 25, then she came and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. After he told her, man, you ain't even of our class. She worshiped. How many would have done that? See, see, no matter what he said, she didn't get offended, right? Then uh, verse 26, but he answered and said, it is not meat. It ain't fit to take the children's bread, look, and cast it to dogs. So first he just said, you're not worthy. She worshiped. His response to worship was calling her a dog. He said, me giving what I have for the kingdom, giving to you is like giving it to a dog. I'm trying to locate, when would you bail out in this conversation? When would you, now I ain't say bail out, leave. When would you, you get offended? Who you think you're talking to? What you trying to say? Because you walked in the store and somebody's uh, uh, profiling you, right? You're going to get offended first. Why are you following me? Because they scared of you. Turn around and say, hey, how you doing? Talk to them about Jesus. You ever thought about that? Oh, see, see? I'm not telling you, I've done it. I've done it. I turn around, hey, how you doing, man? What's going on? So I start having a conversation with the person. I'm not getting offended. What am I getting offended for? You, you, you're, you're afraid of something, so I'm, I'm going to ease you a little bit. Now, one time I did turn around, had a wad of money. I was like, come on, man, are we serious? <laughs> I did that one time back in upstate New York. I was younger then, real young. All right, so he called her a dog, right? Verse 27, and he said, and she said, look, now he called her a dog. This is her response. She said, truth. I'm a dog. Truth, Lord. She said, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Dude, I take the crumbs. Right? Then Jesus answered and said unto her, woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. See, 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 the reason why God says you can't take offense, sometimes the adversary is saying, you're about to walk into your blessing. I need to get you offended. I need to get you murmuring. I need to get you complaining because I don't. See, we're sitting around going, I don't understand why this is happening. Why am I still in this position? Check your complaint, murmur, offense, saving face meter. Because you could have pressed into Suppose your blessing is in the person that's getting on your nerves the most. That supervisor. Uh oh. <laughs> As the scripture says in Luke 8 49 through 56, just for the sake of time, I just want you to write the scripture down so you can study it for yourself, right? Hey, it said when Jesus went to, to pray, to, to, to deliver, and he said, oh, that person's not dead. They laughed him to scorn. So, but suppose he stopped the God offended. There was, there was a virtual anointing on him to, to raise somebody, to heal somebody. But suppose he got distracted by the accusation. Listen, somebody, how many of y'all can handle somebody laughing you to scorn and can continue to move in what you're doing? See, that's why you got to pass the misunderstanding test, right? 
You realize Acts chapter 9, 20 through 26, please write that down to study it. They didn't believe Paul at first. When Paul stirred up on the scene to try to preach, like, hold on, man, that's the dude that was uh, uh, persecuting us, putting us in jail, man. Ain't nobody trying to hear what he got to say. Oh, come on, man, please. Keith, master dude used to be at Club Zanzibar, man. Ain't nobody trying to hear what he got to say. Listen, man, I used to get high with that dude. Ain't nobody trying to hear him. Or family. Come on, man, this dude, man, we couldn't get him to be responsible if we tried. What he got to say? He would never listen to us. Man, ain't nobody trying to hear nothing he got to say. Or, oh, you think you all that. Oh, so you Mr. Holy now. Man, you got you to gotta, you gotta move through all that. You got to move through all that, man. I get all that at all different levels. Mr. Holy, Mr. Bible, man. I was at a church. If they had a gathering, it could be a bachelor party, something like that, I wouldn't be invited, and I'd be the person that was mentoring the person get married. Somebody came to my office for counseling. They said, yeah, so we going to the bachelor party. You going? I said, no, I ain't heard nothing about it. They didn't invite you, but you didn't. I said, it's cool. I said, certain places people don't invite me because they're not going to be able to enjoy themselves, they believe, like they want to. If I show up, not a problem. I'm good. <laughs> I wasn't getting offended. Why? Because I'm representing God? Man, I wouldn't be able to teach y'all at all, man, if I was bothered. The faces, the, man, I don't, just, I don't think it'd take all that. I, I, get a, I get it all. The questions. This is a phrase. The hate mail, I don't get hate mail, but, you know, it, it's pretty much hate mail if people just constantly talking about you. Y'all, here he go. Here he go. Here we go again. Here he go. Talking about my alcohol. Here he go. Yeah, here he go, man. I, if, if I don't do it, see, you're going to come up out that stupor. And when you come up out of stupor, I've been in a stupor. When I came up out that stupor, I, I was looking for, now where do I go? If nobody told me the truth, I have no reference to go anywhere. I can't make decisions based on your, your position of compromising your immaturity. You ain't going to stay there, at least I hope, you know. I got to give you what you need for when you come up out of that funk. You go... Yeah, I know where to go now, right? That's the thing. So, so I got, man, I got to weather the storm. You, the negative, the compromise, the questions. People ask questions and they cloud it. But they ask the questions like they clear. I know, I understand that. But, but you, I'm going to be sitting around going, first of all, why are you asking me that question? You cloud it. You're in the flesh. I know they're in the flesh. I'm a man of God. I discern you in the flesh. I know you're in the flesh. You ain't got to tell me. It's all over your face. Ain't it funny how the way you feel shows on you? Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Just sitting there somewhere. It just comes out, you know. <laughs> right? So, I, so you pick it up, but you don't, you don't pick it up. When you go as a leader, you don't pick it up to, to condemn. You pick it up to, to know where you need to help. Not to trash nobody, is you find out where you need to help. That's why everybody, everybody ain't built for this. Because they're not thinking about helping. They just think about themselves. All right, so authority and self-defense, right? Oh, no, 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 I forgot something. Uh, a lot of times we have enough heart to save face, 
but not enough heart to punk the enemy. So if you're going to have enough heart to save face, have enough heart to punk the enemy, right? Yeah, yeah. Basically, don't stick your chest out to people trying to help you. Stick your chest out to the devil that's trying to destroy you, right? Authority and self-defense are incompatible. They're not supposed to go together. So I know we're talking about spiritually authorized, but if you try to walk in in authority, you can't walk in authority and self-defense, right? Let me tell you why. Because the one against whom you defend yourselves becomes your judge. They They rise higher than you when you begin to answer their criticisms. The one against whom you defend yourself becomes your judge. They rise higher than you when you begin to answer their criticisms. Right? That's why authority and self-defense don't go together because I was in authority until I, I just gave it to them. Right? That's why the Bible says, the, uh, Romans 12, 11, the adversary is the accuser of the brethren. See, he, he, he is constantly hurling accusations to other people and other vessels to get you to respond to give away some of your power. And so, 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 so check this out. He who speaks for, for himself or themselves is under judgment. Therefore, they are without authority. Whenever one tries to justify himself, he loses authority or they lose authority. Whenever someone tries to justify themselves, they lose authority. And see, and this, is what I, this, is, this is what I need because we're going to have to start growing up. We got to wrap our mind around that too. Not just, hey, you know, uh, the, the Lord has a word for you. You're going to be blessed. Uh, you got a cause and a purpose. Boy, we, we perk up. Tell me more. Well, we still got to do, we got to have the tell me more spirit when the Lord tells you, hey, guess what? Whenever you try to justify yourself, you lose authority. And again, it's targets. You may go, man, it's, I have reflex trying to justify myself. I do that all the time. Man, I'm always in my head trying to justify myself. It's okay. It's stages. I, I'll share, share it to you this way. This is how I learned it. You know, I used to coach. Um, I coached a high school team. And I remember coaching a high school team. The players would get so frustrated when I was giving them new stuff. And I was giving them stuff. And then they would get frustrated that they couldn't do it. And I was like, stop. I just stop practice. Stop. I said, listen, this is the stage where you learn. You ain't supposed to know everything already. Why are y'all tripping? If you stop tripping and just, just learn, then we had a guy, actually, he's, a, he's the guy that uh, called from another state, talked about uh, joining the ministry. And uh, so him and my son, it was on our basketball team. We was running all these drills, and they was new to the team. So, so he stopped. He, he, okay, okay, because people was like, be cut. Okay, back door, uh, screen the road, this, that, and other. Kept, and so, so, so I'm telling them stuff. I'm, I'm the player coach. Another guy's an assistant coach, a player coach. Another guy's just a captain. And it's like, okay, cut over here, screen here, go here, go ahead. He's like, okay, okay. I said, man, calm down. I said, you don't got to get it all in one day. I said, I said, you know why you frustrated? You think you need to absorb it all at one time. I said, but you don't go to a buffet and absorb everything on a buffet in one scoop. You can only eat with, like, you can pile up your plate all you want. 
You can only eat what you can eat. I said, so what you do is, and, and this, I tell students this all the time. I said, just listen and absorb. It'll come back to you. Just keep absorbing. Participate. Move. Don't get overwhelmed if you don't got it yet. It'll come to you. Hey, I see some of y'all right here quote scriptures, don't even know who was in you because you're spending time in the word. Not, oh my God, I hope I remember this. I hope I remember this. Every word you read, you're saying that? Yeah, I know we got memory scriptures in some of the discipleship class, but you ain't reading through every scripture. Oh God, I hope I remember. Oh, then you come to church. I didn't remember that. I didn't remember that. You don't have to do all that. Just absorb it. Scriptures come to me all the time. I spend a lot of time in the word. I'm always in the word. And so the word just, just comes. It just keeps coming, right? That's all you got to do is just absorb. You don't have to be a one. So when you hear this stuff, see, again, it's humbling because it's, it's really humbling for the people who think they knew everything already, right? It's really humbling for them. And some people are still going to walk out of this room like, well, that, well I'm, I don't even really think that's important because now they got to learn something else. But anybody that's smart would be like, whoa. Man, I, I've been doing this stuff all wrong. And I actually was complaining, wondering why I was in this situation. I get it now. So I'm going to set this as a target. There you go. We're good. And then let God work it out. Work out the will and do his good pleasure through you, okay? Don't overwhelm yourself. Invite opportunities for humility, right? Invite. Don't, don't. See, this is a practice. So don't think every time you say something crazy or smart, or, or uh, uh, I got advantage over Pastor Keith. Sometimes I just let it roll for two reasons. One, I got a sharp mouth. So sometimes I'm like, eh, they kind of crossed the line on that one. My comeback will probably crush them. I'm just going to eat it. Sometimes it's like, go ahead, just enjoy yourself. <laughs> like, you know, just go ahead, enjoy yourself because I'm inviting an opportunity for humility. You know, because the Bible says be clothed with humility. First Peter 5, 7. Clothed with humility, right? That's what that, and be still, know that I'm God. Those are opportunities to just be clothed with humility, not always trying to save, save face. So this is the thing. We have to um, make room in our heart for some misunderstanding to free uh, ourselves mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Make room for some misunderstanding. What I mean by that is there's going to be some misunderstanding as you continue to grow in your life, okay? It's going to be, so, so if you clothe yourself with humility, you'll be able to handle the misunderstanding a lot better, right? Now, some of it is misunderstanding because people are misunderstanding you. Some of it is you're causing misunderstanding because you're not clear, you're hustling. You know, in, in hustling people, uh, are messy, Right? They're not accurate and they're not clear in how they communicate themselves, you know, and they can't keep up with all their lies, right? So keep your heart free from murmuring, anger, and resentment and allow the Lord Jesus to turn the situation into good. Keep your heart from murmuring, anger, and resentment and allow the Lord Jesus to turn the situation into good, right? right, We already read Philippians 2.14, but... Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are the called according to in harmony with his purpose, right? Let God work it out for good. Uh, remember uh, Genesis 50, 20, that's uh, 
the culmination, chapter 50 is the culmination of Joseph's experience where finally the brothers uh, bowed out to him like he said in the dream, right? And the brothers are panicking because now um, Joseph is in a key position here and it's discovered who they were. And they're like, the whole time they, they, they were living in guilt because they sold him to slavery. And they realize he's alive and they're like, oh, this dude, he about to take us out. He said, man, chill out. You meant it for evil, but God worked it out for good. So I can save this many people. If I wasn't here, we'd all be dead. You see what I'm saying? So sometimes we have to navigate through the persecution because God has a greater good for us. Right? Remember what uh, 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 Abigail, her husband, was, uh, was, was treating uh, David's people wrong? And David was like, oh, no, no. Got, got it twisted. And he went to take her out. She stopped. she take him out, her husband out. He stopped. She stopped him and said, whoa, 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 whoa. You about to be, we already know you anointed the next king. You got bigger fish to fry. Man, what you need? <laughs> well, I just give you what you need, man. What you need? Don't play this fool no mind because he don't understand. You're going to be in a position to take all that that we got. So, but you got bigger fish to fry. You got to understand you got bigger fish to fry. We have to understand we got bigger fish to fry. So sometimes, you, 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 what is it? You, you won the battle and lost the war? Yeah. Yes, I told them. What did you lose, though? You see me? Because you got pulled out of the presence of God. See, the adversary sometimes, he don't care if he lose as long as you engage him in a fight. Because to engage him in a fight, you got to leave the presence of God. So, so on one end, it looked like, I, I, I told him, I did, I guess he's like, good, man, because I can't do nothing with him in the presence of God. Blessing lost, right? That's why the scripture says, uh, uh, put off all these things, uh, 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 blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth and lying to one another, right? Colossians uh, 3, 8 through 10, right? This is, this is like... So, so we curse and stuff like that. And then this, uh, hey, hey, hey. So the good thing is, man, I, I want to preach on my whole life. You know, you cursing and stuff like that, be like, ah, was that a curse? Uh, 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 what, what, the Bible talks about the donkey, right? Like, like we keep doing stuff like that. Why don't we just stop? We know it's filthy and we know it's not. Scripture says put filthy communications out of your mouth, right? Stop lying to one another, Right? Put off all these things, anger, wrath, and filthy communications out of your mouth. Right? Then you don't have to worry about misunderstanding. Right? It says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Right? So we don't, the weapons of our warfare are not chronicable, mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. Right? So, so we don't really get into, we don't get pulled into engaging in this stuff. We intercede. We bind and loose. Right? says this, when the enemy rises up like a flood, God will lift up his standard against him. Isaiah 59, 59 19, right? Right? So, so no, matter, no matter how he rises, God got you covered. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Isaiah 54, 17. But see, if you know God, you know these things. Look, look, the scripture talks about um, uh, Hebrews 12, 3. It says, if Jesus endured contradiction, that's misunderstanding, right? It talks about not faint, and don't faint in your, was it Hebrews 12? Let's go there real quick. 
Hebrews 12. So it says our example is Jesus, right? So verse 2, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising shame, right? And sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. Verse, thir- verse 3, for consider him, Jesus, that endured such contradiction of sinners. That's the, uh, 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 if you study that word out, contradiction is misunderstanding. Against himself, lest ye be wearied, look, and faint in your minds. That's what, if, that's what a giving up starts. It starts in your minds. It says Jesus navigated through that. He didn't, he didn't uh, faint in his mind, right? And, and this is how we have to operate. But basically, uh, uh, and it's something I, 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 was, I was studying out a while ago, and I just plugged it into this, but... It says this, for the Lord, your God is with you, right? That statement is, they just kept saying it through, throughout the scripture. The Lord, the God's with you. The Lord, God's with you. The Lord's God with you. Yet Israel was given, Israel was given a reason not to fear with that statement. God did not deny that the enemies of Israel would usually have more horses, chariots, and people than Israel. But God asked them to recognize a greater factor. The Lord, your, your God, is with you. And so we have to recognize he's not, God's not saying it's not going to be unfair. See, that's the thing. I don't understand why it's unfair. I'm living for God. It was unfair for Jesus. He never said it wasn't going to be unfair. He never said it didn't look like people are overlooking you. It didn't say it looked like somebody else looks like they got a, a shot and you didn't. He said, no matter how it looks, I got you. See, because you have to understand he does. And, and I'm not just saying this as a pastor. When I was coming up at church, God, God told me in 1994 I was called a pastor. We were, this, cult, this church is different. Ms. Lamar, we've talked about pastoring, right? Right? You've gotten instructions on what you needed and what you need to do. You've gotten the truth, right? But, but it's been an open conversation. It hasn't been if you bring up pastor, I'm like, man, dude, I don't Let's go hoop. Right? It hasn't been like that, has it? Right? And for anybody else, if, if you got a call, let's talk about it. Right? But, but realize I'm going to give you what you need, not what you think you need. Right? So we've had that conversation. I wasn't in that culture. I'm, I'm, and again, if you're watching this and you're in the culture, man, just roll with this for right now. Okay? It, it was almost, it, it wasn't said, but it was almost like taboo to talk about it. Right? And so five years after I was told I was called. I talked to the pastor about it. It was, it was a, I don't know, 30-second response. Can't say that you are, can't say that you're not. And we start talking about the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not saying that to be negative about him. I'm just saying that's how the conversation went. And then I'm like, so on the inside, not his fault, on the inside, I'm thinking, so this is it? Like, it took me five years to even have this conversation. We only, it's 30 seconds. I figured we'd have a little more exchange, you know. And then two years after that, which would be 2001, no, 99, yeah, 2001, he called me and said, do you still sense that call? So I'm like, maybe it was a test. Maybe to see if it's really in you, it's going to be in you two years later, right? He says, we'll move towards that end. I don't know if it's Karate Kid or not. I don't know if we're moving towards that end. I have no idea. I'm just being real with you. This is just the process. 
I know when we had, we, we, we had what we called the five-fold ministry classes, I think it was called. And so there was some guys, that, one guy had a ministry and shut it down. Two guys had ministries and they shut it down. Maybe because it wasn't really, th- whatever, they shut it down and got up under the church. So he's like, man, eventually we're going to send these guys out. They just got to the church, right? Then there was another guy came after me. He was like, uh, one of the first people we're going to send out be this guy. Man, just drop your rocks if you see this, right? So, but I'm, I'm just, I'm human. I'm sitting in a meeting going, any thoughts about Keith, possibly, you know? <laughs> you know? So, Keith and the name pastor, the word, the title pastor was never communicated in the sanctuary. The word, the actual word pastor. The only close situation was one day he called me and another minister out. He says, we're just praying for when and where. I knew what he was talking about because we had private conversations. But the word or the specifics never came out. So there was this person. Oh, we're going to put this person out. We're going to send this person out. We're going to do this person here. I had to have a relationship with God to know whatever God has for me, has for me. I didn't run. I didn't rush. I didn't trip. I didn't flip. I didn't get offended. What do I do for a living? I'm a pastor. Not one of those people, not dogging you out, just, let's, just roll with the conversation. It's pastoring. Not one person. So you got to know. You can't take it personal. It ain't personal. Everybody has a process. I know this because you, you read them. David went through that. When they called the people to, to anoint him to be king, David wasn't called. When David was showing up to give him food, they were like, what you want, man? Like, what you doing here? Then you always trying to be nosy. Right? But David was the one to fight Goliath, wasn't he? And then, listen, David was anointed to be king and ended up playing a harp. For some of us, oh, no, no, you got me twisted. I'm playing a harp. Man, did you know Samuel anointed me to be king, man? What I look like playing a harp, man? I'm called to be king. I ain't playing no harp. Man, you ain't even give me like drums or, or, or sax or something, man. You give me a harp. Man, what I like a little girl? He played that harp though, didn't he? Now I'm just trying to get y'all to see. Look, and they was dog, like, they called him Ruddy when he showed up. Little Ruddy dude. And it was almost like, yeah, I got another son, but you definitely don't want him. He out there tending sheep. This dude did not go through military training. These guys were trained to be kings. That's why Jesse called them. See, you, suppose you, David. Could God get you to tend sheep? I mean, tending sheep like this is my job for the rest of my life. Man, he fought a bear and a lion for sheep. Some of y'all are like, listen, man. Hey, you come back. Let me tell you something, Dad. I was out there. Bear came. You don't have as many sheep as you had before, bro. <laughs> listen, man, I'm, listen. First of all, I'm going to be a king, man. What I look like, listen, they sheep. I ain't going to get no props. Nobody was there. Nobody's going to see you if, even if I win. Man, nah, dude, you got me twisted. Nah, you, you, figured, you figured out. That, that, listen, and then just let you know, I know the bear got me the other day, but the lion showed up. <sighs> Your flock's dwindling, bro. I mean, you might want to get somebody out here because I'm not going to be doing this for long. He didn't do that. 
He risked his life for sheep, not for the children of Israel and being king of the kingdom. The sheep. Totally misunderstood. This is the king. You see what I'm saying? Suppose you David. Awfully quiet in this word of faith. (laughs) See, see, Paul said it when in in Acts, uh, no, not Acts, Romans 8.31, if God be for us, who can be against us? See, being one with God makes an unbeatable majority. Being one with God makes an unbeatable majority. And that's what we got to get to, you know? See, the children of Israel operate in the level of blind trust. But again, it wasn't really totally blind because God showed them all these signs and wonders and miracles. And they still started to question them. You know, we've been talking through this in Spiritually Authorized. We're talking about Ahab and Jezebel, just all the kings tripping. Why is you tripping? God has anointed you to be king. Like, who hustles in your king? The kingdom's yours already. Greedy. And that's why God holds us back because God don't want greedy in his place of people that we're supposed to serve. We're supposed to serve the needy. But if you're greedy, ain't nobody getting nothing. And you're showing greed. We show greed in the life that we live right now. But everybody want to be in a certain position. But, But come on, man. Like, pass the test. Stop complaining. God knows what he's doing. Even if, if Keith Bradley don't, God know what he's doing. And, it, and, and this is, this, I, told, I told my former pastor this. I said, listen, man, I get it. People want to go to movies and stuff like that with you. I said, man, I, I'm, I'm good. I said, I'm going to extract what I need from what's in your spirit, man. And I, I didn't have to be in proximity. I listened to tapes. I pressed what you sow into, you draw from. I sold. I, I sold in him all the time. Listen, because I, obviously he went through some things later, but listen, David sold into Saul, played the harp, did all types of stuff for Saul. And then when Saul lost his mind, he obviously had to, <laughs> had to remove himself from that situation, right? But, but what, what I'm trying to say is like, I don't need, I don't need tangible props, in, in my, in where I'm growing in my life, I know what God showed me. I'm not, I'm not doing yet all that God showed me. I'm not tripping. I'm not antsy. I'm not leaving my, my family just to, to, to make sure I, I, I get in everybody's face. You know what it takes to get in everybody's face to make sure somebody's giving you props? You got to get in almost like 5,000 folk face and maybe one person may, may, may give you an honorable mention. That's hustle. You can spend all your time in God's face and the thousands of people will give you more than an honorable mention. They'll give you a platform. When God knows you're ready. Right? So, so one of the tests is a misunderstanding test. We'll get to the character test next week. Um, they kind of bleed into each other, but it's cool. I know we talked about just a little smidgen of character test, but we'll get into the character test. And again, 
advanced information. And, and just to let you know, the method of, of Erickson Center Church, the way God has designed it, is if you go back and look, messages connect. And so even if we talk about faith, we're not trying to be redundant. You know, some, I heard that before. You might have heard the, the, okay, so you ever watch a sequel to a movie? And so the, the sequel comes out next year, the next year, right? So, so they just started from, the, from, from where it left off? That's it? They don't like kind of like bring you up to speed a little bit. Or even if you see the show the next day, they'll, they'll let you know what happened the previous day because they know you ain't sitting around just thinking about what happened. And you go, oh, yeah, that's right. I did that. Oh, man, that's right. And then when they started, you, you're, you're up to speed. Well, we do the same thing with the messages. If we talk about faith, we're going to talk about different levels and angles of faith, but the foundation will always be God has given us a measure of faith, right? So we have a measure of faith in us, but we don't just want it in us. We want it to come up out of us. Faith comes by hearing and hearing, comes up by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, right? We don't want just want it at the surface. We want to activate it. Faith works by love. We don't just want to activate it in a moment. We want it in our life to just shall live by faith. So no matter what type of faith we talk about, it's going to be this, we're going to build off of that fundamental foundation. That's how... They did the same thing in math class. They started with one, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. Then they went one plus one. They still used the same numbers. Nobody complained. Right? And then they, then they went from addition to timetables, subtraction, and whatever, trig, or whatever. But they're still using the same numbers. But now they're advancing you along into engineering and things of that nature. Right? Same thing we're doing. I know everybody doesn't do it because people just be grabbing. Never mind. I'm not going to be negative to anybody else. But people do something different. I just say that. Right? So everything is intentional. We pay attention. God is sending us a place. And he's preparing us for something. And he's trying to give us the... When do you have tests where you have the answers in advance? He's giving you the answers to pass the test. You think it's just what you're going to do now. It's the test that's coming. You got advanced information. When we have tests, we, 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 we advance to having even our ministry school. When I, when I taught the ministry school, you got the test before the test. So, so the only way you could fail the test is if you didn't study the test that I gave you. Now, now you weren't sitting there looking at the test while we're having the test, but you had all the information. Now, of course, the questions wasn't in the same order, but you got the information ahead of time because that's how people absorb. I'm not trying to trick y'all. All right, so what did we learn today? What stood out? How are you challenged? 